We'll be in 1 John this morning again. And as I was reading the scriptures this week, I read the part where Jesus was talking to Peter. And he asked Peter a question. Peter, lovest thou me? He asked him that question. He says, if you do, feed my lambs. Peter said, Lord, you know I'm fond of you. Lord asked him again, Peter, lovest thou me? Feed my sheep. Peter said, Lord, you know I'm fond of you. Now, the Lord was using the word, do you agape me? Do you, are you willing to die for me? The third time the Lord says, Simon Peter, are you fond of me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I'm fond of you. He never would say, because he, he denied the Lord. And he kept that in the back of his mind. He learned his lesson not to brag. But one of the things that we are called to do as pastors and elders is to feed the sheep, feed the lambs. You know, in the house of God, we have sheep, lambs, young men, fathers, mothers, and the faith. Like a mother at home, when she prepares the meal, she has the little variation, you know. It's not all meat, it's not all vegetables. It's a variation. And then they top it off with a little dessert. <clears throat> well, I hope this morning we got a little mixture, a little this and a little that and a little this to help feed you this morning. He says in 1 John 4, 11 through 13, <clears throat> Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. May we pray. Father, bless us now as we look into thy word, open up our hearts to receive the word of God, to encourage us. His brother Dave mentioned that we might grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, that we might desire the sincere milk of the word, that we may grow thereby. Bless us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look into this verse, John uses the word beloved. Beloved. I was reading this week, and you know, Jesus, when he first started his ministry, he calls those that served him servants. And then he called them friends. After the resurrection, he called them brethren. He's our brother. He's our elder brother. He's our Lord. He's our master. And he's also our brother. He says he's not ashamed to call them brethren. We're joint heirs with Christ. What a a wonderful thought that is. The word beloved is used about four or five times in, in, the, in the epistle of John in verse uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 2. He says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. He uses the word beloved. He's, getting a, he's talking as a father to his children. And in verse 21 of chapter 3, he says, beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Again, he's referring to them as his children, beloved. 
In chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. There's many false prophets gone out into the world. And then in chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Look how he brings love. One thing about the epistle of John and the gospel of John also is God is emphasizing through John love. And we're going to get into this as we get into the uh, background of this. And this reminds me of Ephesians 2.4 when you think about love. Beloved, but God, who is rich in mercy. Now, what does mercy bring? For his great love, his great love, wherewith he loved us. Great love. That always has stuck out to me. Who is rich in mercy. You know, some people rich in money, they're rich in this, they're rich in that. God is rich in mercy. For his great love. How much does God love you? Super, super abundantly. He loves us. And as we look into this, the theme of John, of 1 John 3, 16, 4, 7, 4, 10 is repeated here. What was commanded in verse, chapter 4, verse 7 is now repeated after the grounds for it had been given in 4, 8 through 10. In 1 John 3, 16, he says this, if you remember when we taught on that, hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now that's a big responsibility on each one of us. You know, many people are saying, show me God. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm going to say this. Show me God. How do we show people God? You know, the Bible has an answer to that. We are used of God to show people God. You say, how can that be? How did God demonstrate His love to us? Through Jesus Christ. We've seen God's love in Christ going to the cross, dying for our sins, being nailed to the cross. There we've seen God's love demonstrated in the person of Jesus Christ. Now how do the people around us see the love of God but except through you and I. God has put His love in our hearts that it might shine forth and others can see that love and see God through us. Don't underestimate what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a Christian. It's very, very serious. God is using you and I to demonstrate to a lost world and to those around us God's love They can see the existence of God by seeing God's love manifested through us. What a blessing it is when someone's in need and someone is down and out for someone to come and show them love and compassion like the Good Samaritan did. What was the Good Samaritan showing? He was showing God's love through his personality. Through He was showing God's love and care. And that's one of the greatest ways to demonstrate the love of God and, 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 the, and, and the reality of God. Lay down our lives for the brethren. In verse chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Now, where does love come from? It comes from God. 
And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. If you're truly born again, you have the love of God dwelling in you. And that love will be shown through you to others. Kind of like the light, Christ said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. What is this good works? The fruit of the Spirit. What's the first one? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness. Beloved, as we live the Christian life, we're showing others God's love as we love them. John is saying, show God to others through your love to them. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, to satisfy the wrath of God, to satisfy the justice of God. Jesus' propitiation means to pacify the wrath of God. And since God loved us, we ought to love one another. This word ought to love is in the present tense, indicating a continuous process. We're to continually love each other. You don't love today and don't love tomorrow. We're to continually be loving one another. This is a Christian, Christian experience is to love one another. God's children must be loving because God is loving. Those who experience love should show love. Our love for God will cause us to be like Him and love those whom He loves. If you're born again, we love one another. We love the family of God. This brings us down to 1 John 4, 12, where he says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Now John said in John Gospel, verse uh, chapter 1, verse 18, he says also, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Only the Son of God, because He is God, can see God. He has the very essence of God. We cannot look upon God and live. He told Moses, I'll show you my shadows I go by. But he could not look upon God's face and live. No one can look at the essence of God except the Lord Jesus. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.17, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. No man has seen God at any time. So how do we see God? We see God through Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. In other words, when you see what I'm doing, you're seeing the Father's love and concern and care for you. He sent me to die for you. You know, some people think that Christ died on the cross to call the Father to love. No, He so loved us that He sent His Son. The Son didn't have to convince the Father to love us. He loved us. That's why He sent His Son to die as our substitute. What a wonderful Savior we serve and what a wonderful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see God's love in Christ and we see God's love in His children as we love one another. How do you see God? You see God in Christ. He that has seen me has seen the Father. 
It didn't mean they were the same person, but it means you see God's love, you see God's compassion, you see God's heart in me, what I'm doing. What a blessing that is. That is, the unseen God who once revealed Himself in His Son now reveals Himself in His people. If and when they love one another. That's a that's something to really get a hold of. That is, the unseen God who once revealed Himself in His earthly ministry in His Son now reveals Himself in His people. He's revealing Himself in you and me to those around us. What a grave responsibility that is, beloved. We're living epistles, read and known of all men. We represent the Lord. Let those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We're to depart from sin. Why? Because we name the name of Christ. It's a contradiction to profess to be a Christian and live in sin. It's a contradiction. God's love is seen in their love because their love is His love imparted to them by His Spirit. Verse 13. The words do not mean that we begin to love. God comes to dwell in us, but the reverse. Our love for one another is evidence of God indwelling in us. The reason I love Brother Dave and I love each of you is because God indwells me. It's His love that's coming forth. It says in Romans 5, For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through who? The Holy Spirit. As we love one another, and it's an evidence that God indwells us. You can know that you pass on from death unto life. Why? Because you love the brothers and sisters in the Lord. You love one for another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Not lip service, true love. Sacrificial love. Love is willing to lay down your very life for your brother or sister. Now I say in that particular case, we'd have to really pray, Lord, only by your grace could I do that. You know, we all could be like Peter. You know, Peter meant well. Lord, I'll die for you. Lord, I'll, I, I, we can't let nothing happen to you. I'm willing to die for you. And the Lord looked at him and said, you'll deny me thrice. And he remembered that. That's why he wouldn't say, Lord, I, would, uh, I love you with the sacrificial love. He said, Lord, you know I'm fond of you. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I'm fond of you. So, beloved, but that love that God sheds abroad in our hearts is to be seen. We're not to keep it within us. It's to come out and show our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones, our family. They need to see God's love through us. There's people that we can reach that no one else can. There's people that Brother Dave, Sister Mabel, Susie, and each one of you come in contact with that I'll never come in contact with. So God can use you as an instrument to touch those people. You're here to be a witness for the Lord. We're not ashamed of the Lord. We're to be His mouthpiece. To know the forgiveness of sins, one of the greatest gifts in this world, beloved, is to know that your sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. All sins, past, present, future, were nailed to the cross by Jesus Christ when He hung on the cross. As I was telling Dave, in the Old Testament, in Exodus and Leviticus, as you read, every man had to bring a sin offering. 
Bring a goat, bring a sheep, bring a meal offering, a pigeon offering, some kind of a sin offering. Beloved, Jesus was our sin offering. He offered Himself as a sin offering on behalf of His people. Peter says, who bore our sins, S-I-N-S, in His body on the cross, on the tree. He bore them. He was a sin offering. They wasn't just killing him. He was being offered as a sin offering. Let that sink deep into your heart and soul. Jesus died as your sin offering. Oh, beloved. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we all are being tested in that area. Satan is always testing us to see if he can break our allegiance to Christ. You say, why am I being tested the way I am? Because Satan is testing you to see if you truly love the Lord Jesus Christ. We love Him with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. And that's why we go through so many different tests in our lives. God's love for us has been perfected. When we love others, God's love for us has reached its goal. In the words... Perfection is not in God. God is perfect. But His love is being perfected in us as we love one another. It's reached His goal. What does God's love put in our hearts for? To reach someone else. You may be the only individual that can reveal God's love to that individual. That's very serious, isn't it? So being a Christian is serious. Are you revealing Christ's love to someone or not? And then 1 John chapter 4, verse 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, because He hath given us of His Holy Spirit. He has imparted the influence of the Spirit to our souls, producing love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Galatians 5, 22, 23. It was, the, it was the promise of the Lord Jesus made to His disciples that He would send the Holy Spirit, which is another comforter to comfort us. So when we have the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, it's to encourage us that we are, it's a witness that we are children of God. What a blessing that is. And the word we know, as we said before, is a learning by experience. The more you live, the more you learn to know of the goodness and love of God. Peter says, but grow in grace, 2 Peter 3.18. And in the knowledge of the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we're to grow in grace. Grace keeps us humble. Grace is confessing that we're nothing. We, we don't merit anything. And then we come to the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We learn to cast all our hope upon Him. It says, casting all your care upon Him because He careth for you. And sometimes we all need to hear that. The Lord cares for me. 
And again, sometimes God will use an individual to bring that love or that care to an individual. He may encourage you to read that scripture to someone who needs to hear that. God cares for you. Casting all your care. Not some of it. All of it. Things you don't have control over. Things you do think you have control over. Your heartaches, your sorrows, your sicknesses, your pains, your loneliness. Things that bother you. Your family problems. He says, cast it all upon me because I care for you. Oh, beloved, we serve a wonderful God who does care for you and I. God deserves our our 100% allegiance. And I know that we all have room for growth. There's nobody in this auditorium this morning or in this congregation can say, I'm perfect, I've arrived. We all have to say, Lord, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, like Peter said. We realize in ourselves that we're nothing. Everything we have, everything that we are, we owe to God's grace. God's love in His people gives them assurance of His presence, confidence, awaiting judgment, and the power to reflect His character in the world. Love is evidence that we have the Spirit in, in verses 13 and 16 of chapter 4. We abide in the Spirit's presence, verse 13. We confess the Son as our Savior, verses 14 and 15. Have you confessed that Jesus is your Savior? Are you ashamed to say that? He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Beloved, we are to confess Christ openly, not to be ashamed of being a child of God, that He's our Savior. When we confess Him as Savior, I mean, you're confessing to be a sinner. I'm a sinner, and I was saved by the Jesus who bore my sins in His body on the cross. Verse 16, we know the Father's love. Oh, to know that love in your heart and soul. If you're loving others, it's because God loves you. Verse 17 of chapter 4, we have confidence for the future. There's coming a day when God's going to judge the world, but Jesus bore our judgment in His body on the tree. We've been judged in Christ. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We can be confident with no fear. John says in one area, one verse in, the, in First John that perfect love casts out all fear. When you see God's love to the degree and the greatness of it, fear has to go. How can you fear judgment when you've been judged in Jesus Christ? To love God and to hate your brother is to live a lie. Verses 19 and 20 of chapter 4. To love God and to love your brother is to obey God's command. Verses, verse chapter 4, verse 21. These are some of the things that John is bringing out in chapter 4. We're to abide in the Spirit's presence. This is how we know. The Spirit's presence will cause you to love one another. Because we love one another, we know that we pass from what? From death unto life. 
from death unto life. So is it important that we love? It's the greatest gift that God has given you and I, love. Because that love is shared with each member of the congregation. That love is shared with our family. That love is shared with our neighbors. That love is shared with our friends. That love is shared with everyone we come in contact with. Nothing greater than the love of God. When you get a glimpse of God's love, it'll transform your life. When you see how much God loves you, and He wants you to share that love with others. You know, God gives you gifts. It's not just for you. Oh, I've got God's love. God loves me. Well, share it. You know? That's like people who's got money and they got riches, but they never share it with anyone. Well, what good is it? Things that we have in this world, God wants us to share it. This is how we are sure that we have come to know Him. 1 John 2, 3. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Now, if a person is being disobedient all the time and never obeys the Lord, never keeps God's commandments, can they have assurance of salvation? No. You can't walk in darkness and say, I have assurance. And this is how we know we are in Him. The last part of that verse. If we keep His commandments, we know we know Him. In chapter 2, verse 5, he said, But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Why? Because we're keeping his word, the word of God. That's why it's important that you read the word of God and obey the word of God, because you know you are of God. Beloved, God has it all laid out. That's why he puts that desire in your heart to love the word. As a baby loves milk. It's natural for a baby to want to feed. And it's natural for a child of God to want to read the Word of God. Also, in verse uh, 10 of chapter 3, he said, This is how God's children and the devil's children are made evident. How is that? In this, the children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. If we're not living a righteous life, there's something wrong. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Love is just natural for a Christian. is breathing air. We're to love one another. I've quoted this earlier. Verse 14 of chapter 3, And we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Do you love your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Verse 19, he says, And hereby we know that we are of the truth. How is that? And shall assure our hearts before him by keeping his word. Because we keep His Word. Verse 24, And he that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him, and He in Him. And hereby we know that He abides, abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. Now, obeying His commandments don't make us a child of God, but it's an evidence that we are children of God, Brother Dave. Don't get confused in this. 
It doesn't make you a child of God, but it's an evidence that you are a child of God when you love God and keep his commandments. And it's through the Spirit of God. Verse 6, he says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. The children of God will recognize the truth and obey it and believe it. In chapter 5, verse 2, he says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and what? And keep His commandments. Now, beloved, this is not my word, Brother Dave's word. This is God's word. I didn't write. This is inspired scripture. Listen to this again. By this we know that we love the children of God. How do I know I love Brother Dave and Carl and each one of you? How do I know that? When we love God, and what's the evidence of loving God? And keep His commandments. Now, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but our attitude is to obey the Lord. That's our attitude. And we don't get knocked down. You may fail, and you get back up, you repent. And the Lord, Peter asked the Lord, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? He said, no, seven times, 70. 490 times. If Dave comes to me, I'm to forgive him. He said, boy, my patience would run out, but that's what God says. What he was saying, you should always be willing to forgive if someone asks for forgiveness. In 1 John 5, 13, he said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. God said, I wrote these things, John said, that you can know something. Why? That you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Have you and I believed on the name of the Son of God this morning? The eunuch said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He wanted to be baptized and he made his confession to Philip. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He said, you may us be baptized. And he baptized him. And we got this ready for anybody who wants to be baptized and follow the Lord. And it's something to be, a, it's an honor. You know, I don't want to, uh, people, uh, you don't have to beat somebody over the head to be baptized. If they love the Lord and they really want to show their allegiance to Jesus Christ, it should be just as natural to say, yes, I want to be baptized and honor my Lord, to identify myself with Him. It's actually a picture of identification. You go under the water and you come up out of the water. What are you confessing? That I died with Jesus Christ. When He died, I died. When He came up out of the, when He arose, I arose with Him. And that's what we're confessing to the congregation and to the world when we follow the Lord in baptism. I died with Jesus Christ on the cross. That's an honor. That's a privilege. And getting into the closing of the message, a few things to think about. Once again, John directs us to Jesus and what the Father has accomplished by His Son in the, in the Son through the, by the Father. Now, there's some things that God has done for you and I through the Son. First of all, He revealed the word of life, John 1.1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, the word of life. He's the living word. The written word doesn't give life. It brings life, light and life to light 
immortality to life. It's used of God to give us an evidence, a proof that we are the children of God. But we're born again by God. It brings eternal, eternal life, verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. He that hath the Son hath what? Eternal life. He that hath not the Son doesn't have eternal life abiding in him. Everything that we are is in Jesus. Everything. Everything. No wonder Paul says he's everything to the child of God. He's our all in all. He's cleansed us from all sin. First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, is continually cleansing us from all sin. It's still cleansing us from sin. Amen. Although it was, it was, it was offered approximately 2,000 years ago, but the effect of it is still going on. You sin, the blood's are cleansing you. Hallelujah for that. Amen. Brother, I, I tell you, that's something that makes you want to shout. And because of the blood, we have an advocate with the Father. God has gave us an advocate. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. Now, God doesn't want us to practice sin. It's talking about practicing sin. It shouldn't be the, uh, the practice of a child of God to be going around practicing, see how much sin they can commit. That you sin not. Don't practice sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteousness. You're going to sin. But if you sin, we have an advocate. Who runs to your side right there. I'm right there with you. I'm your lawyer. Hallelujah. He says, I'm propitiation for your sins. I've covered them with my blood. God's justice has been satisfied. You're forgiven. God says in, in Colossians that God the Father has forgiven us for Christ's sake. Why does God forgive you and I? We don't deserve it, but for His Son's sake. Because Jesus died for us. And on account of that... God says, maybe your sins are forgiven. For His sake. Brother Dave, your sins are forgiven for His sake. Sister Amy, your sins are forgiven for His sake. Carl, your sins are forgiven for His sake. Each one of you, our sins are forgiven for us, not because we deserve it, but for Jesus' sake. Oh, what a blessing that is. And He is a propitiation for our sins. He's covered, He's satisfied, First John 2, 2. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He left us an example how we should walk. First John 2, 6, He that saith He abideth in Him ought Himself to walk, even as He walked. We should walk like Jesus. Now, we can never be as perfect as Christ was. He was without sin, without blemish, without spot. But He's our example to follow. Follow Him. Holy Spirit, give me this grace and strength to follow my Lord. Be like my Master. In love, in kindness, in long-suffering, in gentleness. He makes possible the new birth. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him, born of God. John 1.13 said, Which were born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. It's not because you've got Christian parents that you're a child of God. But you're born of God. You've been born again of God. 
Coming to church don't make you a child of God. Reading the scripture don't make you a child of God. Having a Christian parents don't make you a child of God. What makes us a child of God is being born of God. God the Father. We're born of God's Spirit and the Lord Jesus. He takes away our sin. And you know that He was manifested in John 3, 5 to take away our sins. How wonderful. And in Him is no sin. He had no sin, but He went to the cross and died for our sins. The just for the unjust, Brother Dave. He was the just one, holy, without blemish, without spot. And our sins was imputed to Him judicially and legally. He bore our sins in His body on our on the tree for you and I. Oh, how we should be so thankful and grateful for the Lord. We can never love Him as we should. You can never love the Lord too much. Are you having trouble with the devil? I would say most of us are. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life and the devil. They all go together. Jesus came for a purpose. 1 John 3, 8, He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil standeth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. That's what learning the Christian life is. Learning how Jesus destroyed and put a stop on Satan. He says, sin shall not have dominion over you because you're under grace and not under the law. Grace keeps you from being habitually sinning. Grace reigns in your heart. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. By God's grace, we can do that. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. How can you live the Christian life? Through Christ. You say, well, I would join the church. I would be baptized, but I just can't do it. You don't do it. You do it through Christ. You live the Christian life through the head, Jesus. He's your life. He's your strength. To all of this, we can say, hallelujah, what a Savior. Now quickly, I'm going to go over a few blessings. Through Christ, I am dead to sin, Romans 6, 11. Through Jesus Christ, I am spiritually alive, Romans 6, 11, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Through Christ I am forgiven. This is a verse I read to you earlier. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having forgiven, they're forgiven. I write on you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. And through Jesus Christ, we're declared righteous. This is a wonderful verse, 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of Him are you in Christ Jesus, whom of God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's our righteousness. He's our redemption. He's our sanctification. He's our wisdom. Jesus is everything to the child of God. Through Christ, I am a child of God. Or have the witness. Romans 8, 16 says, 
The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, that bearing witness. Through Christ I am God's possession, who gave himself for us that we might rede- he might redeem us from all iniquity, purifying unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. We belong to the Lord. Through Christ I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Everything points to Jesus Christ. Through Christ we are citizens of heaven. Philippians 3.20 Through Christ I am free from the law. Romans 8.2 Through Christ I am crucified with Him. Galatians 2.20 through Christ, I am an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Every what Jesus' heirship is, we, are, we have part of it. Now that's, that's going to be a blessing. Everything that Christ earned, everything that He is, we're going to share in on that. That's going to be a, uh, there's a lot we have now. We have a lot to look forward to, Brother Dave. Through Christ, I am declared blameless and innocent. That's hard to believe when we see we look within, but in Christ we are blameless and innocent because of His righteousness and blood. Through Christ we are called the light of the world. And through Christ we are victorious over Satan. I have written unto you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome the wicked one, overcome Satan. Through Christ I am being cleansed from all sin continually. We read that earlier, 1 John 1, 7. Through Christ we're set free from the power of sin, Romans 6. Remember Brother Dave brought a message one time on Romans 6 chapter showing that, that we've been delivered from the power of sin. Through Christ I am secure. Peter says in 1 Peter that we kept by the power of God. Who is the power of God? Jesus Christ. Through Christ we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through Christ, we see God's love to you and I demonstrated. So we can say, when it's all said and done, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Who do we give the glory? To God the Father and God the Son. And God, the Holy Spirit. Beloved, the Holy Trinity has a part in everything we do. We're living in the very presence of the Holy Spirit right at this moment. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's here by the Spirit in our congregation right now. May you give God the glory and the praise this morning. I pray that we can dwell. I know I gave you a lot to think about. But we have a great God. Paul says, so great salvation. I'll just give you a little glimpse of it. Brother Dave will give you a little more next week. A little glimpse of the great salvation. May we pray. Our gracious and loving Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for shedding your love in our hearts that we might love others. Help us to love one another as you gave us commandment. That we be willing to lay down our lives one for another. Lord, that's a, that's a big responsibility. I pray by the grace of God we'll be willing to do that if ever called to that. Be with us now and dismiss us with your presence and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Does someone have a song to offer to the Lord?